Uh, welcome to this episode of Midday Treat with NAZ Elite. I am here uh, today with Coach Ben Rosario, Coach Ben Bruce. How you guys doing? Good. Doing well, doing well, thanks. Good to see you guys. We're, uh, we're virtual, so this is new. Uh, the, the, typically, the, we, the podcast is held uh, in a little studio, so some things have changed, but glad we can uh, keep going with it. Totally. I know it's been a while and we probably should have been doing some of these with you, but you know, you're just so good in person. It's way more fun in person, but you do what you got to do. Well, but we got competition now with, uh, uh, with, with the fellas in their podcast. Yeah. The running rivals. I mean, we're creating kind of a podcast network here, Eric, and we've got some good, uh, ideas for 2021 and beyond, but, uh, yeah, that's right. Let's see if we can get more, more listens. They're going to do a special podcast about this same meet uh, that we're about to talk about. They're going to do a special podcast this evening as well. So maybe we'll get more listens. We'll see. We'll try. That's right. So running rivals tune in there. Yeah. So uh, that's important why we're here. So the, uh, the Hoka One One distance carnival um, is coming up. And so a couple of races on tap men's and women's races, the men are going to be doing an hour race and the women 10,000 meters both on the track. So um it's an interesting format. It is, it is intra-squad, so it's, it's only uh, NAZ elite athletes. Um, so talk, uh, talk to me about how, yeah, how we got here. Um, it's September, it'll be September 1st. Um, this typically wouldn't be happening September 1st. Uh, so so what, what led you down uh, this road into this particular style of event? Gosh, it depends on how, <clears throat> how far back you want to go, but of course, you know, <laughs> I mean, the nutshell version is, as everyone knows that's listening, by mid-March, things were really starting to um, become clear in terms of the coronavirus, COVID-19, where, oh my gosh, okay, this thing is for real. NBA games are getting canceled. Um, Major League Baseball spring training is getting canceled, et cetera. Uh, Eventually, all the pro sports, golf, et cetera, uh, all shut down. And running was no different. You know, uh, we had races on tap in March. Carlsbad 5000 canceled. Uh, Stanford Invitational canceled. Then it became clear that everything was going to be canceled for all, all the spring. And then eventually, of course, the trials and the Olympics. So it was kind of, there was kind of a really weird period there where <clears throat> we, we, we had to kind of really think about how we wanted to approach this thing. And we, we took the virus very seriously. Still are taking it very seriously, to be frank. Uh, but when the Arizona stay-at-home stay-at-home order was issued, we followed that uh, and and trained by ourselves. Of course, I was giving the athletes the training, but uh, everybody was running on their own. When that order was lifted, we began training in small groups, and then eventually as a whole group. But we we've kept our circle very small the entire time. Uh, but when we came back together and started training as a group, I, I think you know, of course, we had a meeting and we talked about we had a Zoom meeting actually, uh, but we talked about it and and we were absolutely. Uh, all systems go to train really hard this summer and to do what we could do. And uh, I think I used the term playing offense. You know, if, if there wasn't going to be traditional opportunities, then we wanted to make opportunities for ourselves. And we've, we've done that along the way. Um, some of us participated in the New York Road Runners Virtual 5K. We did a Buffalo Park two miles. So that's a really hard two mile famous kind of loop in Flagstaff. We did an inter-squad meet at, at there uh, and based it around <clears throat> uh, racing Team Boulder, so we kind of had a virtual race with them. We did um, a mile or a 5K, I should say, a 5,000 meter race in St. George, Utah, that was very small and controlled against some other people. 
and uh, that was really good. That was a nice step. Uh, we did a <clears throat> mile race down in Sedona, an intra-squad style, uh, where we kind of made it into a mini track meet, and we had a two-by-400-meter relay afterward. And then last week, we were able to go down and run a more traditional meet in, uh, Los An in the Los Angeles area called the Sunset Tour and ran a 5,000 meters down there, men and women. So that was, that was great. Uh, and then this is kind of how we're going to end it all. So kind of combines a little bit of everything. It, it has an intra-squad feel to it because it's just us. Um, but <clears throat> it's certainly a traditional event, the women's 10,000, and then a non-traditional event, the men's hour. So it's kind of combining a lot of these different ideas that we've had all along. Uh, but we certainly want to run fast and have fun and, and share it with the, with the fans. I mean, everything that I told you that we did, we made available in one way or another to the fans. And I think that has been very important to us the whole time. Yeah, I think it, you've been very innovative in the way that you've gone about um keeping your athletes, uh, I guess, occupied and, and have, and, and giving them goals to shoot for, you know, the, the Buffalo park, um, two, two mile meet was live streamed. Uh, I think that was Instagram. That was Instagram live. Instagram. Yeah. We've yeah. tried a few different channels along the way. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, Ben Bruce had the, had the phone out there with the, the bike, which was super cool. And it was simultaneous with the Boulder group. Uh, you ran at the same time, streamed at the same time. Um, so it's definitely, yeah, you've made it accessible. This uh, distance carnival will also be able to view. Uh, we can talk about that more later, but um, real quick, what platform is it going to be? That'll be on our YouTube, the NAZ Elite YouTube channel. So yes. we're actually bringing someone down from Portland who uh, helped put on the big friendly events via YouTube, and okay. he'll be helping us out. My wife will be part of that broadcast team, and <clears throat> Craig Lutz and Meg Lutz will be the announcers. So yeah, Craig used to be on our team, works for Hoka. Meg used to work for Flowtrack. So she's done a lot of um, uh, work like this in the past and she's really good. I think Craig and Meg are going to do an awesome job. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, we're just trying to make it fun for everybody. Yeah. I, I, I think you don't want to miss that uh, duo behind the mic. So that, no, that'll no. be fun. <laughs> um, so Ben, when, um, I guess one overarching question before we get to the specifics of this meet, uh, what, what's been your goal in, obviously these, you couldn't go to a handbook or look uh, to coaches in the past. Hey, what, what did coaches do when there weren't races? There were always races. So what, what has been your sort of goal with these inter-squad meets with um, keeping your athletes motivated? Uh, what do you, what do you think that, your athletes are going to gain coming out of this and going back into racing when, when the races return in a more traditional setting. I think we just, we just got better. You know, when you, when you train hard, you get better. <laughs> I think in some ways you don't have to make the answer more complicated than that. I think I remember seeing a Twitter exchange and look, I don't remember who said what, but uh, there was some athlete that was honestly, I think just looking for some feedback saying, Hey, I'm having trouble with motivation, you know, for you, for you folks who are training really hard right now, why are you doing that? And there was another runner that essentially said, so I can get better, <laughs> you know? And I think, I think it's really as simple as that. And, and I think, look, these, this is what, I mean, I'll, I'll let Ben speak in a sec because I mean, he, he's in the thick of it because he's, he's training with these folks as well. But uh, to me, it's like, this is what they do. You know, they, this is what they've done since they were 14 years old. They, they train hard and they get ready for something. And then they take a break and then they train hard again and they get ready for something else. And I just felt as if taking that away 
for an entire extended period of time that was sort of an uncertain uh, period of time, I didn't think that would be healthy for them mentally. Um, and so we tried to essentially create certainty in a time of uncertainty. And it, and it was one thing at a time, right? It was, like we said, the two mile and the 5,000 and the mile and then, you know, but, but once we had something certain that we would kind of lock our minds or wrap our minds around that, do that, and then move on to the next thing. And I think doing that helped us stay motivated and consequently, um, uh, from a macro view, we're now better because all these workouts we've done over the course of the summer won't go away. I mean, they'll be with us, you know, next year when hopefully things are back to normal and we're getting ready for the Olympic trials uh, for the United States athletes and the international athletes getting ready to hit their times and, and make the Olympic teams for, for their countries. Yeah. Ben, 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 what would you say? I mean, am, am I, am I right there? I mean, did yeah. that work? Yeah, I think, um, I would say like in March, I could see where some athletes could be like on the fence, like, okay, maybe I just don't train for a little while, take a little break. But in a way, like, and I can speak to this of training for so many years on end, like if you get away from the race and you get away from something that makes you a little bit nervous, you start to just kind of lose that. Like I, I see it a lot of, and I'm definitely not at the level I was at, at the peak of my career, but I still enjoy going to a race and running hard or going to a workout that like you might not hit or hopping in with the guys on our team knowing like at some point I'll probably just going to get dropped by them. But like something that kind of makes you nervous is still, is still good to do. And I think that you can only create so much of that with just a workout. And, um, and so I think once we kind of accepted that there was going to be a long time before traditional races came back, then it was like, all right, we need to do something so that we can keep the athletes training hard, having something to focus on. Um, the Buffalo park was a good example because even though it was on a non-traditional type of setup. It was still in the evening. So people had to kind of wait around all day with this little bit of nervous energy. We did a mile in Sedona a couple of weeks ago, same thing. You kind of had to wait around all day for that. And that kind of, it, it's, it's hard to do because some of the, especially some of the people on the team are used to when they go run a road race, they're making big bucks or they're, they're competing for a national title. And that's not there when you go down to Sedona and run a mile against your teammates. But there's still, it's still different than just going to a regular practice. And so, um, yeah, I think that that creates, cause if you look at people over time getting better, they have one track season and then they have another track season and each track season, they get better or every few marathons, they take a jump in the right direction and, and, and make that, that leap. And so we just try to create that. Sure. Uh, well, it's good to see it continue here in, in a safe environment. Um, so we'll, we'll be excited to see how things play out. So let's, uh, let's talk about what's going to happen. That's, that's why we're here. Uh, we have the, the men going off at 6 p.m. Pacific, the women at uh, 7.05 Pacific. But uh, let's start with the women. We have um, Kellen and Steph uh, and Lauren. Uh, the three of them are going to be in the 10K. And... Um, I guess let's start by saying, uh, well, so Ben Bruce is going to pace uh, the ladies through through 10K. They're, they're looking to run as fast as they can, obviously, in terms of PRs. Um, Steph's run 31.59, Kellen's run 31.40, uh, and for Lauren, it'll be the debut. Uh, and we'll get to this here, um, I'm sure, but 31.13 is kind of a mark that you had, uh, you had talked about uh, Coach Rosario, I'll come to you next, but, uh, Ben Bruce, you're gonna, you're gonna pace them. How long, how long are you planning to, to go through with them? And, um, where do you want to, where do you want them to be halfway through? I mean, our goal is to, 
run fast. And usually with our group, that's usually an afterthought. We like to compete. We like to go to races. Some of the people on our team have PRs that are not indicative of what they can do because we want to go to championships. Last year was a good example. Kellen and Steph were third and fourth in Des Moines at the U.S. championships at 10,000 meters. And I think the first lap of that race was 80 something or 90 seconds or so. They were just jogging the first mile. So in the end, I think Kellen was just under 32 minutes and Seth was 32.0 something. But that was such a, a great performance for them. So normally that's our ammo. Like, let's go, let's race the best people in the country. Let's go to international marathons and race people. But this is a rare exception that, hey, we want to just see how fast we can run the 10k and so i'm just going to be trying to run as even as possible um we do want element of a race and so i will probably pull off with about a mile to go to leave the racing to the women and in a perfect world there'll be three of them with me at a mile to go it is a race in some aspects so maybe one falls off maybe two fall off but i don't know um yeah so that's the plan i'll let coach rosario speak to, to pacing i don't know if he wants to just put that out there or uh or uh, keep that to ourselves. But it, we're, we're aiming for an aggressive pace. You mentioned the 31-13 time. That is the 10th fastest American um, that's ever been uh, run. If you're looking at one performance of each person, 31-13 would be what it would take to be on the top 10 list. So that's kind of a mark that sticks out to us. And uh, another mark is there's been five women. There's only been five U.S. women that have broken 31 minutes. So that would be the that would be like the rainbow in the clouds if, if, if we could get one one of our women under that. That would be a you know grand slam knock it out of the park but uh 31 13 would, would be kind of the target and if you want to figure out the pace on that it's it's pretty much five minutes a, five minutes a mile for for 25 laps right and so yeah uh, coach rosario what um what are your expectations in terms of well so let me take a step back as as ben bruce mentioned your your, your team is used to championship style races so you know you haven't run a 10,000 meter specifically for a time but uh, in, in talking to you ahead of this, it sounded like you, you had some, some confidence that there are definitely PRs on the table uh, going into to the evening. So, yeah, t talk about your confidence level in, uh, in these athletes going into it. I think my confidence level, Ben's confidence level, and their confidence level is very high. Uh, they're coming off wonderful performances last week over 5,000 meters. Lauren ran a personal best of 1510 Kellen ran a personal best of 1511 and Steph just missed her PB and ran 1519 so we know they're all very fit if you know I I don't consider what we do to be 5,000 meter training or 10,000 meter training it's just training you know we're just fit um, but I guess if you put a gun to my head um, I would say that we lean toward longer stuff even even as we've gone through this segment and done some of those shorter races you mentioned like a two mile cross country type race like a mile on the track I still think you know their physiology and the way we train is, is probably you know better suited for 10,000 meters um, and so I think that for them to run five minute pace they should feel very comfortable doing that for a long period of time can they do it for all 25 laps? I guess that remains to be seen, but I think that they should feel um, certainly capable of running that for a very long time. And uh, again, I mentioned it'll be a debut for Lauren. Um, so is there any, well, I don't want to say added, certainly 
certainly not added pressure, but a little bit different variables for her than, than say, Callan or Steph, who, who have quite a bit of experience, um, certainly at 10K and, and longer. Uh, hey, did you, have you done anything differently with Lauren to try to help her mentally or, or physically sort of, you know, accept this distance or, or get ready for it? Everything uh, I done in training. Yeah, Ben could probably speak to Yeah, it. I mean, she just – when Lauren came to our group at the beginning of this year – uh, and you're just seeing some of the, the training that she had done and to, to have run 15, 14 off of that was, was great. And we just have a lot more, like every workout she, not every workout, but so many workouts that she's done with this group. She's just like, that's the longest I've done, or that's the most of X reps I've done. That's the shortest recovery I've done on that workout. But you can see, she just came to every workout and is like, yeah, I'll do it. And that's, that's like kind of the sign of someone that she's likes to compete and when you have that you have a lot going for you and so I would liken her you know she has run a 10k on the road so it's not like she's never run the distance but a 10k on the track is very you're just on edge the whole time but it's kind of like when a really good track runner in their career moves to the marathon for the first time and we kind of just want her to be naive and just get on the train and just and just roll with it and it'll probably feel comfortable for a good amount of time but there's there's going to become a hard patch and if she can get through that, she's, she is, yeah, she is kind of the wild card. And I think Kellen and Seth kind of know that, that, um, which is great. It's sort of an inner, inner squad competition that if a mile to go, if Lauren's still there, Kellen and Steph are probably going to be doing about everything they can to get away from her. Because if what happened at sunset tour 5k, if she's even close at a lap to go, you're probably in trouble. Cause she, she gets up, she runs on her toes anyways, but she can really throw down. So, um, yeah, she's done a lot of stuff. So there's nothing to say that she can't run a good 10k. Yeah, the, one of the most specific sessions we did was was two weeks out from this race. I mean, this was the key. This was what we were getting ready for when we did this session, and we ran ten by a k uh, up in Flagstaff at what's essentially converted pace that we're trying to run here. You know, according to the charts, and I mean, Kellen got a little little carried away on the last repeat, and I think they ran three thirteen on the last repeat, which is really quick up at altitude. Um, and Lauren was right there the whole time so yep. you know i i think ben's right i think she has every she should have every right to believe that that she should be there to the end well uh speaking on behalf of the fans i'll we'll hope to see everyone there with a mile to go because that that'd be a lot of fun to watch that's what we yeah. want yes. yeah yeah I'll, well, I'll just i'll peel off i'll get behind them i'll get some popcorn and just just uh make funny <laughs> comments as they run the last mile <laughs> Yeah, that'll be good. Well, uh, like I mentioned, the men will be up first. Uh, that'll go off at 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, some interesting history here with the men's race. So, so it's a timed race. Um, as far as you can make it in an hour, uh, there are some relevant records. So in terms of the field, we're going um, to have Rory, uh, Nick, and uh, Matt Baxter, and Scott Smith will be pacing. Um, so there's an American record, uh, Bill Rogers, 1977. There's a New Zealand record, uh, relevant for Matt Baxter, um, from 1963. And then a Canadian record, uh, for Rory, uh, that was from 1974. So, um, Ben, you, uh, you dove into the history, I, I think, on this to, uh, sort of learn a bit more about those races. But why don't you start by talking about, uh, why they're so, they're so old, uh, why those uh, <laughs> yeah. records have been around so long. Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting, right? Because the, the sport, as maybe some people know, was, you know, it was quite popular in mainstream, in the mainstream sports consciousness in the fifties and sixties and into the seventies. Right. And um, people tried all kinds of things, honestly. 
Um, it was, um, it was a more, uh, it was kind of the wild, wild west. They did all sorts of crazy stuff back then. And, uh, at some point it got a little more streamlined and I don't know, in, in all honesty, a little less popular, <laughs> um, at least, at least in terms of the mainstream sports consciousness. Now running as a sport is as popular as ever. Pe- you know, people are running a ton and we're experiencing another little boom right now during the pandemic. And, you know, uh, the sport is very healthy in a lot of ways, but yeah, records like these for what, for whatever reason sort of fell out of favor and it's kind of a bummer. Cause I think this is, this is a super cool event. Uh, and that's what I found out researching it is, you know, like for example, the Bill Rogers anecdote. So from 1977, he and a bunch of the greater Boston track club guys went to BU Nickerson field. It was like a Thursday night or something. And they just set out to do this. They just set out to run as they were actually trying to break the bill was trying to break the world record um, set by Yoss Hermans, who eventually became Kenanisa Bikele's uh, coach and agent. But he missed it, the world record by a little bit, but he got the uh, American record and he got the 20 K record and route to that hour. And yeah, the record still stands today because uh, not too long after that, it fell out, fell out of favor. And look, we're not trying to um, fool anyone here. You know, obviously there have been many, many, many American um, distance runners that could have broken this record along, along the way. Right. Um, I mean, you can name anybody you want from the eighties, nineties, two thousands and certainly current day, but uh, you know, nobody's tried it. So we're going to give it a go. Um, Can Nick get that record from Bill Rogers? It's about one Oh one 35 half marathon pace. That might be a lot to ask. Nick's never run a half marathon before. Um, I would tell you that we're not really going for that mark so much as we are the New Zealand mark, which is about 102.35 half marathon pace. I think that's the easiest way to explain it to people. It's 12 point, uh, I can't remember how many miles, 12, 12 and a half miles about. Um, and so that's kind of the mark we're going to shoot for. And who knows if somebody catches fire and goes faster than that, that's great. Um, but we just want to give it a go and maybe set a little precedent and, you know, maybe learn something and maybe we can do this again, uh, down the road, uh, uh, in 2021 sometime. But, uh, but I don't want to, I don't want to diminish tomorrow. I mean, we're going to get, we're going to certainly give it a go. Matt wants that New Zealand record really bad. Rory wants the Canadian record really bad. And there's even an end route 10 mile record that Nick might get. That's another kind of weird one for, for whatever reason, it's only 4905. I think there wasn't an official timing, Matt, when Bill ran his hour, because obviously he would have come across about 46, 30 something. Um, but, you know, wouldn't that be cool for Nick to get his name in the record books? So, you know, we're, we're just going to have some fun with it. And these, these guys are going to run as, as hard as they can. Um, I, I think it'll be fun to watch. I think one of the uh, best ways to explain the distance is if they're successful, they're running like back-to-back sub 30-minute 10Ks, mm-hmm. which I think is great because when you look at, like college kid breaking 30 minutes always kind of like put your name on like the team. Like, Hey, that's legit. You break 30 minutes on the track. And so I was like, look at the longer distance of like, what are they doing over and over again? So if, if like Matt Baxter gets a New Zealand record, he will have broken 30 minutes twice by a lot, by a pretty big margin and then still have the better part of a minute to keep just running. And that's kind of an interesting thing. You're so used to kicking to a finish line, but they're just running into this arbitrary space of even in the rules they instead of a bail lap they shoot the gun with one minute to go so you wherever you're at the track you sh- you have one minute and you're just running you're just running and running and running until you hear it's almost like a coach you're just running until they're like all right you're done you can stop 
Yeah, so I, I think, think that's kind of I think it's super cool. I think it's super cool. The um the New Zealand record is set by a guy named Bill Bailey, who was one of Arthur Lydiard's guys and trained with Peter Snell and and Murray Halberg, uh, both medalists, gold medalists uh, in the Olympic Games. And Bill was kind of the um, forgotten guy in a, in a little in sort of a way because uh, he had missed out on the Olympics in '56 and '60. But he came up with this plan to set this hour, hour world record. And Emil Zatopek had the record at the time. And same thing. Like, honestly, it's a lot like what we're doing tomorrow. Um, he picked a track in his hometown, figured out, uh, you know, what he needed to do to break the record, got some of his buddies together to help pace. They brought him along and he crushed it, you know. And um, back then, that's a heck of a time, 1963, you know, and he got the world record. And yeah. so, and it kind of set him up because then the next year he ended up making the Olympics uh, in the 5,000 and, and um, got sixth in the final and just seemed like a super cool guy. Kept actually running on that same track the rest of his life. It was just a track in his hometown. There's a little plaque of, uh, of, his, of his record, you know, there sitting next to the track. So stuff like that I find to be so, so cool. And it kind of uh, reminds you that this sport, it's a very simple sport and it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. And so, you know, if he, if he got it tomorrow, in some ways I would feel bad for taking it away from Bill Bailey, but I would also feel happy that we brought Bill's name back into the fold for a little bit and people could talk about him again. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you heard from Bill Rogers and he, he had an anecdote uh, saying that he thought he was in about 28 minute shape, I believe when he, when he set this uh, hour mark, um, so he thought, you know, if you want to shoot for it, that you should be in about 28 minute shape. Uh, and I'll take Bill at his word, but I, I will ask you, uh, <laughs> Coach Rosario, do, do you think that's about right in terms of uh, where you need to be to, to, to get close to this record? I, I do agree with that. I think that's a pretty, that's, well, I mean, who better to tell you, right, than the guy that did it. But I, I, think, uh, I think that sounds really spot on to me. Um, and, you know, all three of these guys that we have running are certainly capable of that kind of time, depending on where they're at in their training and their fitness level. Um, Matt's a little, I'm just going to be honest with you. Matt's a little behind schedule because he's had some setbacks this summer injury wise, just some little niggles here and there. Um, Rory is, is certainly capable of that. I mean, he ran 101.44 for a half marathon on the road in, in January. Um, he's at the end of a long season. Uh, but, but uh, you know, we haven't talked about Rory too much yet, but, but Rory, on the right day could smash this thing. So um, we'll just have to see um, what he brings to the, to the track uh, tomorrow. He also had just a little bit of a uh, issue a couple of weeks ago, but I think he feels good now, Ben, you, you feel like all three guys are, are going to be able to give it a go. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what I, from just my own personal experience in that half marathon type of distance that running for about an hour, it's so tricky because the difference of how you can feel in the same fitness, you look at something like 1% just, or like the smallest thing is like, does 71 seconds a lap feel sustainable or not? Or is it 72s? And when you add up the difference of one second a lap or two seconds a lap, you're talking like 400 meters, five, you know, like you're the, getting the record, not getting the record. So that's what's, that's what's fun, fun and, and intriguing about these longer races that are still like on the edge is, Rory and Matt could both go out and smash the record and Nick could go out and, and run with them the whole way. Or, you know, one could have a great day, one couldn't. It's like, it's such the testing of the, of not knowing what you're going to feel. It's like I've run half, so I've run 102 something feeling 
like, man, I wish I would went harder earlier in the race. And I've had halves where I felt like I was in the set, that same fitness where 105 became the task for the day. And so I mean, that's why it's, it's cliche, but that's why you run the race. And so I think that'll be, be great. And I think the three of them are all, have really become good buddies and Scott Smith being a little older and just really trying to older than them, you know, he's not old in the running world, but he's, he's really trying his best to go as far as he can because he really believes in these young guys and just being teammates. And I think that that the three of them will really work together as long as they can. But also I think they'll all be really happy for each other. If someone has a really big day and someone else doesn't, they're not going to be down about their day. They'll be super happy about the other person's day. And that's something that's hard to, to like instill in a group, but it's just cool to see it when you, when you see a group of guys like meshing, that it works. It's like, I think that's, that's really nice to see from a coaching standpoint. And uh, that usually leads to someone running well, just going into that race as a kind of like a team going to, to battle, like Ben described with the other records, the New Zealand record and, and Bill Rogers record. It's like, they just, yeah, they got some buddies together and the buddies were like, Hey, this guy's can do something special. So let's help him do it. Yeah. So in terms of the way the race will play out, um, you mentioned, well, I mean, the, the, the records are all very close. It's, it's a matter of, uh, you know, less than a half mile between the three of them. Uh, you, you mentioned a little bit of uh, discrepancy in fitness due to a variety of factors. But having all that said, do, do you anticipate that, um, you know, the three, guys, the three of them will stay together for quite a while? If they're not on the same page, do you think you'd see that break up sooner than later? Or do you think you'd see it slow down a lot towards the end for some of them? Um, yeah. What, what do you anticipate? I think we have to operate under the assumption that it's going to be a great day. You know, I think you have to do that. Um, that's the only way to go into these things. And so we kind of have a plan A and if there needs to be a plan B, they'll have to figure it out on the fly. But, but the, the plan is certainly to sit behind Scott Smith, have him go as long as he possibly can. When he steps off, I think these guys are going to probably trade off laps. You'll probably see them trading off maybe 800 meters at a time. And there is certainly a collective effort going on here to get as far as they can together uh, but of course they have the green light we just spoke about it a couple hours ago they, they do have the green light any of them uh, should they feel like hey I can drop it down even further and I can squeeze it uh, they, they certainly have the green light to do so like Ben said at the very top at, at, for us always at the core of everything we do is racing and so if, if somebody feels like they can put the put the pedal down and, and put their foot on the gas and go um, you know, they don't, they don't have to wait for anybody. Um, yeah, they're friends, but, uh, you know, they're racing. So, so we'll see. Uh, I, I have to anticipate them staying together for a long time. And I think they have to believe that too at their core. And, and, uh, if for some reason someone should fall off, I, I think you'll see that person fight to the very end. Yeah. And so again, this will be on the NAZ Elite YouTube channel live streamed. So for, for all the fans out there watching, uh, what, what should we expect to see lap-wise for the, for the men? Are we looking at 70s? Uh, 71s probably. 71.3 is the New Zealand record. And so that's what we'd like to see. That's 29.43 for 10K, like Ben said. So you'd have to run that back-to-back and then a little bit further. Um, we'll, we'll keep you updated. Craig and Meg are going to do a great job. Like I said, this, the, I know we kind of got serious there. and We got in the weeds for a second, but like, this is gonna be a fun event. This is gonna be fun. That's what we're trying to have here is fun and running hard is fun for us. <laughs> and I think for a lot of people listening, I mean, that's why we do what we do. It's the racing is the fun part. And so Craig and Meg are going to be having a great time. They've got an hour, so they'll probably slip some jokes in there. Um, and uh, no, they'll have a really good time and, and, but they'll keep you informed 
on whether or not they're on pace, et cetera. And, and same thing, of course, during the women's race, they'll do a great job of, of updating you and giving you some of those stats like you were talking about. The only, only five women have broken 31 minutes, only American women, only, only 10 American women have broken 31, 13. Um, I think they'll, they'll, they'll do a great job keeping you informed. And, th- and this is it for us. We, we've trained for a long time now and we're going to take a little break after this. So we'd love for as many people as possible to watch live on YouTube and you can get involved and comment and all those kind of things while you're watching and let's just have some fun. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun to watch. And it'll, it's, uh, it's great to see the, you know, NAZ elite, uh, bring the, the hour race, you know, back to the fore a bit, um, and add to that history after it's uh, not seen as much popularity. So, um, it'll certainly be, be exciting to watch, uh, Ben Bruce, best of luck out there pacing. Um, thank you. No small tasks. So we'll, uh, Look forward to seeing you out on the track as well. Yep. Thanks, Eric. We really appreciate it. Hope you guys watch tomorrow. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Bye.